Hi, and welcome to The Blind Argument with myself, Ryan Honshuten, and... Davinia. And this week, we're going to touch on the topic of public transport. When is it appropriate for your child to catch public transport? When is it appropriate for them to start learning public transport? Davinia. Oh, that's um, a difficult question that I think a lot of people ask us, so we thought it would be important to discuss. And I don't think there's one answer for every child. It's about working out where they're at in terms of their maturity, their skills, what level of risk you want to take, all sorts of factors. So what age do you think it's appropriate to start teaching your child slash teenager youth to become familiar mm. with public transport? Oh, straight away, I think. I mean, far earlier than when you would be expecting them to take public transport. I think it's a great learning to have really little ones on the train and on the bus and start getting them skilled up and familiar with that environment because it is quite different from being in a car or being with loved ones. You're out in public and you're doing things a bit differently. So I think as early as you possibly can, get on public transport. Because let's face it, um, as blind or vision impaired people, we really don't have much choice when it comes to public transport. I mean, without yeah. public transport, how are we going to get around? Well, we're not, are we? No. And you could throw that argument in there, I'll just take a taxi mm -hmm. or an Uber everywhere. But mm -hmm. unless your mummy and daddy are um, sort of as rich as uh, Mr. Packer or something like that, you're not going to be able to afford that taxi and Uber every time. So yeah, absolutely. Most of us are on the bus. That's let, Let's face it. And I guess what we mean by public transport, there's lots of there's lots of different options. So we're going to talk today about catching buses, trains. We're actually going to include taxis and Ubers in there as well because sometimes that is going to be your best choice and any other forms of transport you can think of, Ryan? Uh, no, not really, but I think sometimes you can make all three of those work together. Uh, mm. Sometimes what I'll do if I'm going a long way to somewhere, say because you know I live um, south of the city, if I need to go visit someone north, I'll catch the train, say, up to the Joondalup or... Clarkson area around there, and then I'll get an Uber or taxi from there to their house. Yep. Why so, do you Why do you do that? Why do you? Well, because I guess I'm saving a lot of money by mm -hmm. catching the train. That cuts down my cost quite significantly. And then also to save a little bit of time, instead of getting the bus at the other end, I cheat a little bit and maybe spend around, mm -hmm. say, 10 or $12 on a taxi or an Uber from the train station, the, say the Joondalup one, to that person's house or business or wherever I'm going. So it's a bit about mixing it up between the two, I guess. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. I think I'm probably pretty similar. I um, definitely prefer trains to buses, and I guess we can go into the reasons for that um, as our conversation unfolds. But I definitely increasingly take more and more taxis and Ubers probably like Ryan towards the end of a given trip so you can really end up exactly where you want to find yourself by the end. Yeah, absolutely. Or if I've got a job interview or something like that mm. or a university interview, TAFE interview, those sort of things, generally would uh, get that taxi or Uber to the train station near where I live to make sure I get there on time. Actually, you know, I'll always plan to be there ahead of time. Yep. Catch the train before the train I really should get. Mm. So once again, always allowing myself more time and um, generally hopefully get there earlier yeah. at the other end. So, um, I agree. You definitely have to make a little bit of extra time when you're catching public transport just to take a bit of the stress and the hassle out of it because it doesn't always go just as we would hope. No, especially buses, I find. Buses can be quite mm. risky in the sense of timing. Mm -hmm. um, not talking about security here at the moment, we're talking about just timing. You know, they yep. say the bus is going to be there at 10 past 10 mm -hmm. and it's going to connect with the train at 20 past 10. And uh, guess what? You know, it's a busy bus route that particular day for some reason or there's a traffic jam. The bus doesn't turn up till 12 past 10. As much as the driver likes to, uh, you know, get as much <laughs> movement out of the bus as it can, you know, suddenly it's there at the train station at 21 minutes past 10 and the train's pulling out, cool. you okay. know, so. 
You got to have keep that in mind. So, like Ryan just indicated, there's a bit of a conversation that we'd like to have about safety, but I think perhaps we might leave that towards the end and just let's just talk strategies, particularly for buses. What do you find helpful, Ryan, in taking buses? Like, what what do you think you do that someone without a vision impairment or blindness wouldn't do? What's helpful? Well, it's uh, funny that you bring this up because this is probably one of the topics I talk to a lot of the youth about here. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the issues that they face, especially those with low vision. Mm-hmm. And that is um, what I'll do is when I go to board a bus or when the bus pulls in, I'll always ask the driver, you know, g'day, what bus number are you? Uh, nine times out of 10, the driver will answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had people in the queue um, behind me or in front of me answer, or I'll even ask one of them. I guess I sort of look at my situation. I mean, you know, I can't see, so mm-hmm. totally blind, but you sort of listen to what's going on around you. If you can hear someone that's reasonably, you know, sounds like they're going to look after you, that sort of thing, I'll actually, you know, sometimes say, excuse me, what bus number is that? Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I find some of the people with low vision who may not have a cane or an ID cane, they'll say to me sometimes, that the uh, bus drivers unfortunately get a bit grumpy with them and yell at them, you know, and say, well, you know, they say silly things like, you know, why don't you just look at the number, you know, and that sort of thing, and other people have. So I'm not sure how to get around that situation. That's very unfair and it's unfortunate Mm. that it happens, but it does. Absolutely, Um, and it's an unpleasant thing to happen. Something that I often do, once the bus has stopped and I've stepped onto the bus and I want to ask the bus driver what number it is, I flash them my travel pass, which mm -hmm. indicates that I'm vision impaired before I ask the question. So then straight away the driver knows that I'm vision impaired. So then when I say to them, what's the bus number, they're far more receptive, I find. Ah, see, now that's a good um, option I hadn't thought about that. You did just remind me of something too. What I've done uh, myself with my travel pass is I've put a little uh, sticker on the corner, on the bottom left-hand corner, so I know which way to hold my travel pass because sometimes I've actually had it upside down and back to front. And um, some people don't like that. They get yes. a little bit funny and they're like, well, excuse me, what is that? They need to say it's a travel pass. And they say, no, it's not. You're saying, yes, it is. And then, yeah, anyway. So. Yeah, so let's avoid all <coughs> of those arguments as we possibly can. So that's another really good tip. If we just take one step back, how do you go about flagging the bus before it's actually arrived? I guess I just put my arm out. I'm lucky enough that the buses that I do have to use, uh, generally, there's only one bus on that route, so I don't have that problem with um, two or three or four coming past. Mm. So I guess by looking at my phone and seeing what the time is, if I know the bus is arriving at 10 past 10, I'll start paying more attention at around about eight minutes past 10 through to around about 12 minutes past 10. So that way... I know that, you know, within that four minutes, that you're going to hear the sound of the bus coming mm-hmm. and then I'll just put my arm out. I'll always make sure my cane's already unfolded and ready to go. got my travel pass, my other hand, ready to go, that sort of thing. And that's how I do it. Anyway, Perfect. what do you do? Yeah, look, similarly, I, um, I've certainly been at the bus stop many, many times when a bus has just whizzed past because I haven't realised that the bus was on its way and it's a very, very frustrating thing to happen. So I will always use an app. The one that I generally use is called Should I Run? And that'll tell me exactly how many minutes the bus is away. And then when it says that it's, you know, one or two minutes away, I will stand right at the edge of the road, have a bit of a finger out, just make it really clear in my body language that I'm wanting to get on the next bus. Also, if there's someone else at the bus stop, I'll very often say to them, which bus are you waiting for? I really hope you can flag the next one. So that's yeah, another that's easy, right. and, easy way of doing it. And that takes confidence though, doesn't mm. it, to ask those people at the bus stops, you know, what number is this bus or could you help me by flagging the next bus? And it doesn't mm. come straight away, but I think after a while, you do slowly gain that confidence. Um, and we're all different. We've got to remember that. We're all different. Some people feel too shy and can't mm-hmm. um, bring themselves to asking those questions. Yeah. But that's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. 
Do it when you're ready. Yeah. And I think the sooner you do it, the sooner you'll find that actually most people are really, really happy to help you out with that. It's really no skin off their nose, quite mm. possibly. What about trains? Any? any I was just going to say, um, I do remember once, uh, <laughs> you made me laugh about that app, Run for the Bus or whatever oh, you called it. Yeah. Should I run? Should I run? Yeah, I did once. I did run and ran straight into a pole and oh. broke a couple of ribs. But anyway, I still got on the bus <laughs> and I still made it to where I had to go. But That's the important it was thing. the day later that I realised I'd broken ribs. And you've got plenty um. of other spare ribs anyway. <laughs> well, I have, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, But anyway, um, so trains. Mm. Well, trains, I use trains a lot. Mm. I'm a big train user. Um, Are trains scary? Yes, they are. Mm. Okay, you've got to be very respectful of a train. I'm not talking about being on the train and people you meet on the train and the train station. I'm talking about trains themselves. They are scary. You've got to respect the train, all right? You know, um, if if it's coming, pay attention. Mm. If you've got to cross the train lines, you know, make sure you spend that couple of seconds just ensuring there is no trains coming. There's no messing around with trains, right? They win. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't take the train on is what you're saying. No, don't. Um, That was kind of interested in what you just quickly said there where you said just take a couple of seconds and work it out. So I'm guessing what you're saying there is just really focus and pay attention when you're in that particular space. It's probably more important in that space than in some other parts of your day. Absolutely. And look, it's the pot calling the kettle black here. You know, um, I was about to say don't talk on your mobile phone and things like that Mm. while you're waiting for the train and when you're about to get on. But how many times do I do that? And sometimes I've, you know, it, there's been near misses. So, and that's when I scold myself and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, Ryan, that's that's not good, mate. You you need to pay more attention." And that could have gone wrong. Sure. You're lucky it didn't. So, okay, yeah. so be smarter than Ryan and pay attention. <laughs> I mean, one of the great things about trains, and like Ryan, I I take trains more than any other form of public transport, is that they're very very reliable mm. in terms of time. So I find that you can plan out your day and, in large part, know which train you're getting on by the fact that you've got to know which platform it is and you can just be a little bit more independent, I find. Absolutely. I find that. And there's generally a lot of people at a train station, so it's easier to follow the crowds Mm -hmm. towards where the doors are, that sort of thing. If you're getting off the train, you know, following the crowds, the footsteps. I love ladies in high heels. They're so easy to follow. You know, or the ones (laughs) that carry the suitcases, the rolly suitcases, you know, following those sort of people is just fantastic because they always seem to show you where the doors are um, or the stairs (laughs) or escalators. You don't even have to ask them. But, you know, I find that reliability of the trains is mm-hmm. good. They're generally only there, say, 30 seconds before, 30 seconds mm-hmm. after. It's not a huge time difference. Very reliable. And I even find if you get to know roughly where one of the doors always seems to pull up or one of the carriages, the doors on the carriage always seems to pull up, you can pretty much stand at that point all the time mm-hmm. and you'll almost be fairly well guaranteed that you'll almost get that door every day. Yeah, perfect. So having routines and just following through with them is really, really handy, I think is what you're saying there. That's right, exactly. So security, let's Mm. talk about that because this is a big issue and this is one of the questions I get asked by parents quite a lot, especially when their children or their child is around 13, 14 years of age. They always say, I'm scared. I don't want my daughter to catch the train on her own. I don't want my son to do it. You know, the public's mean out there. The public's big. It's bad. It's nasty. So Mm. how do we overcome that? Okay, so I guess in general, when we have a disability, you might feel slightly more vulnerable than the average person. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Well, once again, we're all different. Some do, some don't. Yeah, But there is those vulnerabilities there, yes. Mm -hmm. And I guess as well, when you're vision impaired, you might be holding a cane or you might have a guide dog or you might have some other indication that you do have this particular vulnerability or this disability. So there is a sense that you can feel a little more exposed on public transport than you would be if you were getting around privately. Yeah, absolutely. So... How do we overcome it? Well... 
I think this is almost like a <laughs> another huge story for another argument, another day. Give it to us today. Do you it, think? Would you sit or stand on a train if you were feeling a little vulnerable? Personally, I prefer to stand yep. on the train. It is easy to find the seats, and you know the priority seats are pretty much there all the time, and they're generally vacant. And you'll find the public are pretty good in not sitting in them. But I generally like to stand. I agree. I think we all feel a little more empowered when we're standing versus sitting. The other great mm-hmm. thing about standing up is that you can then move pretty quickly. You're not getting jammed into a seat or into a position that you can't get away from. In terms of who you're around, like personally, if I felt threatened at any time on a bus or a train, I would gravitate towards, no offence, Ryan, but towards other female passengers. Mm-hmm. So just listen out for female voices and perhaps move yourself towards those particular passengers? Well, I mean, look, in some respects, Davinia, I would probably do the same. Mm. So I would probably move towards the, the female passengers as well. Not the mm. saying that men are all scary, no. but if that's happening, you know, just or just even to move yourself away from that mm. situation and definitely don't make any comment and don't make any eye contact with them, you know. Um, and, and look, for someone like me, totally blind, right? I mm. still will not look in their direction because, mm. you know, sometimes that's all they want you to do is engage them. Absolutely. So I find as well that it can be a good idea to get up and move carriages if you're feeling threatened, to stick your headphones in, certainly not put any music on if you're feeling a little bit concerned about something, but just put your earphones in because that in some ways removes you a little bit from other people's point of view from what might be going on. In terms of the stops that you get out of, like how do you manage your safety there? There's a couple of ways I can do this. I guess I look at sort of which train stations are the more well used compared Mm -hmm. to those that aren't so well used. And sometimes I'll go past my stop if it's not so well used and get Mm -hmm. off at more busy ones. Depends on the time of the day that I'm catching the train, um, the time of the evening, the time of the night. Also, you know, is there transit guards around? Can I um, access their service to uh, feel more secure? Sometimes, I know I just said don't talk on the phone to your friends when you're getting on and off the train, but while you're maybe on the train, I sometimes if I'm not feeling too secure, I will ring a friend and just talk to them. I won't tell them I'm feeling I'm sitting on the train feeling scared. Mm. You know, I'll just have a general chat sort of thing, uh, make sure I tell them where I am and which yeah. station, that sort of thing. You can use some apps for that sort of thing as well. Mm. There's one called Find My Friends, which is quite handy because then people, you know, you could let your parents see um, where you're at or one of your other friends so that they can just check in and find out where you're at. I guess for me personally, like I am quite comfortable in the big city Perth train station late at night, but I probably wouldn't be at other train stations that are further out and possibly have less transit guards around. That's very true. I think there's another well full of discussion to have around public transport. Well, I don't think we've even touched the surface. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, let's fold this up for now and bring it back in our next episode, because I think we could debate this forever and talk about it. What we'd like, though, is if you've got any questions or suggestions questions that you'd like to throw into the mix, please contact us by emailing info at visibility.com.au. That's info at visibility.com.au. And uh, Tavinia and I would both love to hear what you've got to say about public transport, maybe some of your experiences, some of your tips, something that you do that we haven't mentioned. Sharing is the way to go, especially for us vision impaired people. So let's share those experiences. Definitely. Thanks very much, Tavinia. Okay. Thank you. Looking forward to arguing with you next time. (laughs) Bye.